I've only been here a couple months, but you guys seem like such a great family, and I'm, I'm so blessed to uh, be able to, to learn about you guys and, and be a part of it and, uh, yeah, have a new church family. So Today we're going to be talking about God's voice and the idea of can we hear God's voice today in 2018 in Halliburton, Ontario. As we sit here, the idea of hearing God's voice can seem kind of, kind of difficult. Um, we hear about all these things in the Old Testament, God being visible, God being active. Um, we hear about the New Testament and how all these um, disciples and apostles uh, heard God's voice. And even maybe we, we experience other people um, hear God's voice, but then we look at our own lives and we're like, I, I, don't, I don't know if God speaks to me today. I don't know if God speaks to us today. And we ask ourselves, has God gone mute or is, or is he speaking to us today? And if God does speak, how do I hear it? How do we hear it? How do we know that we are actually hearing God himself? I want us to answer this question by diving into God's word. Um, I was challenged by a video that Paul posted on Facebook about preaching the Bible and not your dog. Um, and that, it really encouraged me to just turn to the Bible, um, not fill, not fill the sermon with a whole bunch of inform, like, uh, a whole bunch of stats and different things. Um, not fill it with a whole bunch of stories, but to just preach the Bible. Um, so that's what I'm going to try and do today, and that's what I encourage uh, you all to do today. There's Bibles in front of you. If you brought your Bible, um, pull it open. I'm not even going to have slides up on the screen. Um, we're just going to we're just going to listen to what God says um, in the Bible. Before before we read, we're going to be turning to First Samuel chapter three. But before I do that, I want to give you a little bit of context. Um, leading into 1 Samuel chapter 3, but I'll give you a minute just to turn there. The book of 1 Samuel begins um, with an account of Hannah. Um, now, Hannah is struggling to have children, and you know she's, she's tried a few times with her husband to, to have children, and she's not able to have children. And so what she does is she prays to God, and she says, um, God, if you will give me a child, um, I will dedicate this child to you for the rest of his life, um, and he will be yours. And so what God does is, um, in uh, 1 Samuel 1.11, we see, well, that's what um, Hannah asked God for a son, but we see that God does bless Hannah with a son, um, and Hannah names the son Samuel. And around the age of three, Samuel then gets given to the temple. Um, Eli is the priest at the temple. And uh, so Eli, basically from the time of th- about three years old to where we pick up the story today, has... Basically, all he knows is the temple. Um, it says that in chapter 2, 18 to 21, it says that he would see his parents maybe once a year um, when they went and journeyed to the temple for sacrifice. But really, all, all Samuel knows is Eli, maybe a few other people that worked in the temple. Um, but that's, that's all he knows. And so we pick up this story where uh, Samuel is 12 years old. He only knows the temple. Um, and he's trying to sleep, but he can't because God kind of wakes him up. So I'm going to read from that, um, 1 Samuel 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, 
here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So we went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked, Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, I just pray that you fill this room uh, with your voice. Lord, it's, it's not my words, it's yours. And so I just pray that you use me to just speak your truth. Um, help, help your words not to fall to the ground, but that everyone here can just pick up what it is that you want them to hear, Lord. Um, and just use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so difficult um, to hear God's direction or to know where God is leading or to hear from God. We seek out ways in which to hear his voice, and yet often it seems confusing or non-existent. We desire to do God's will, yet we often don't know what that will is. Within Experiencing God, um, we're on to Unit 2, and it talks about looking to God and trusting in God's plan and not our own for our life. It's so hard to do, yet the Bible offers solutions to this. We see in 1 Samuel 3 a story of a young boy. He's no older than 12 years old. He does not know God yet, but yet he is willing and seeking out obedience to his master, Eli. The story is a picture of innocence, yet beyond that, a willingness to do whatever is needed for the only master that he does know, Eli. And as he humbles himself before the the master that he knows, he finds an even greater master, um, uh, God. And God then enters a relationship with Samuel for the rest of his life. And this is really encouraging to me and and, and a passage that I've always loved, so I was really excited to be able to, to preach about it today. So what did Samuel do in order to hear God's voice? How can we be like Samuel as we strive to hear God's voice, as we wait for direction, as we discern, is it God or is it something else that's speaking to me? 
And do you believe that God speaks today? And what steps can we use to hear God's voice? Let's first jump into a common statement that a lot of us might have might think sometimes. Um, and this statement is simply this, that God is not active today the same way he was in the Old Testament, the same way he was in the New Testament or in the Bible, or even the same way he is in other people's lives. I would be lying if I said I hadn't thought that a few times in my own life, um, that we think, oh, God, God's not really active. Um, I haven't really experienced God in a while, so maybe, maybe God is just ignoring me. Well, the passage today kind of tackles this right at the beginning. It says at the beginning that um, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Now, rare does not mean non-existent. It just means, well, it simply means that it was rare. That it, um, it simply means that sin was distancing the population further and further from God. Sound familiar? Just because we live in a world filled with sin does not mean that God is uh, not active and alive. It simply might mean that God is waiting, that God is... Um, that God is desiring us to prepare our hearts first. That God is teaching us to turn to him instead of relying on earthly measures to get the things that we need. Right at the beginning of the passage, again, we know that the word of the Lord was rare. I think this idea is both a convicting and a comforting thought. It's convicting in the sense that the, one of the reasons that the voice of God was rare is because of the sin that had kind of poured into to the world at that time, but also poured into the family of Eli. Um, we know that, um, yeah, that the, the family of Eli had fallen out of favor with God. In 1 Samuel 2.12, it says, Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. And it even says, goes on to say that Eli tried to confront his sons, but didn't really do a lot to, to stop his sons from, from basically just ignoring God. And so God is upset with the family of Eli, and that's one of the reasons that God reveals himself to Samuel. We also see in the very next chapter um, that the Philistines are able to capture the ark. The Philistines are able to defeat the Israelite army um, because they had fallen out of favor with God. And so we see kind of both within the Israelites and within the country itself, but also directly within the family of Eli, that they had fallen out of favor with God. And that, that's one of the reasons that God was rare. Not because he, he didn't want to be there, but because um, sin had corrupted and gotten in the way of, of, of allowing those people to be with God. God cannot be anywhere near sin. Um, is it the same for us today? Is there a sin in our life that is preventing God from speaking to us? A sin in our life that we are ignoring, as Eli's sons did, that the Israelites did, that is making hearing from God rare. Are we wrapped up in the sinful world that is blocking us from actively seeking and being ready for God's voice? It blows my mind sometimes when I hear people, and I, I'm sure I've done this myself, complain about all the sin in the world, complain about um, all the hardships in the world, and then they kind of go about sinning and go about distancing themselves from God. Um, we blame God for not speaking to us, yet sometimes we live in sin apart from God and live in a fallen world so far from God. In order to hear from God, we have to distance ourselves from sin. That's the convicting part. The, con- the, con- uh, the comforting part is what we get to witness in Samuel's life. Samuel shows us that just because the voice of God is rare does not mean that God is gone 
or non-existent. Yes, sin distances us from God, but it's not a deal-breaker. We know that despite the darkness in the world, God is still an active force in the world through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, um, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, the Old Testament is filled with vivid acts of God. Um, And even in the New Testament, we see vivid acts of God. And we, as Christians, get the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit in us. Um, We get get the opportunity to have God himself, through the Holy Spirit, live in us today. And it happens through salvation. What is amazing about the example of Samuel is that God reveals himself even before Samuel knew God. In 1 Samuel 3.7, it says... Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Despite the amount of sin in the world, despite not even knowing God, God can still reveal himself just like he did for Samuel. The question remains, what did Samuel do that allowed God to be revealed to him? Well, I would argue that Samuel's heart was in the right place. The only thing Samuel knew was that he needed to be obedient to the only master that he did know. He humbled himself before Eli, his master, and found an even greater master. Even though, oh, the Lord called Samuel, and what did Samuel say? He said, here I am. Even though Samuel did not know God, he immediately was responsive and open to the call. Now, he thought the call was from Eli, but as I said, Eli was the only thing that he knew, and so he did the only thing he knew how to do, um, the only thing um, he was able to do at that time because he did not yet know God. Yet he was still instantly receptive to the call in his life. When God, when God calls, what do you say? What would you say? Would you be willing to say, here I am, and jump out of bed running towards that call? Or would it be something closer to, huh, I wonder what that was. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that was God. I'm just going to go back to bed. It's a heart thing. Samuel shows us that his heart was in the right place to hear and listen to his master and later God. Is your heart in the right place? What types of things might be blocking your heart from experiencing God's voice and God's call in your life. God reveals himself to Samuel and is with him the rest of his life. And God can also reveal himself to us today. God desires to reveal himself to us today. And how do we allow this to happen? We need to take a similar approach to Samuel, being ready to listen, preparing our hearts for whatever God wants. Hearing God's voice starts with a willingness to listen and a willingness to put aside our pride, to put aside our own desires, and to simply allow our hearts to be ready for God. I find it really cool that um, unit one of experiencing God was a lot about servanthood and about humbling ourselves um, as servants to God, and I think it ties, it ties into this idea of listening to God, that as we humble ourselves, as we become servants to God, we then are able to more clearly hear from God and look to God um, in a in a easier way. We are asked to be servants to God, to humble ourselves before God, and allow our hearts to be receptive to anything he wants to reveal to us. Uh, Samuel's innocence teaches us a valuable lesson. As we prepare our hearts, as we obey our master, who we already know to be God, then God will reveal himself in his time. Readying our heart for God, not being closed to direction, even if that takes years and decades. What would have happened if Samuel, after he heard the voice, simply rolled over and went back to bed and ignored it? 
He could have easily done that. A 12-year-old boy who was tired and trying to sleep could have easily just rolled over and ignored the guy in the other room yelling at him. Um, instead, through his innocence, but also his desire to serve the only master he knew, what did Eli do? He responded. Um, how many times might we have ignored the call from God simply because we did not want to make the changes in our life? Maybe we're all warm and cozy in bed, and God is calling us to get up and do something, and we just don't want to because we're warm and cozy in bed. Well, God is, is asking us to just be willing to jump up and listen and be responsive to the call whenever that call may be and whenever that voice may reveal itself. And what's cool is that this happened for Samuel even before he knew God. How amazing is it that we, a lot of us, we already know God. We already have the Holy Spirit in us. So if God can reveal himself to Samuel even before Samuel knew God, then of course God can reveal himself today um, in us as we have the Holy Spirit in us. Um, that's really exciting to me and uh, was really encouraging. Once Samuel knew it was not Eli trying to get his attention, what did he do? He listened. We don't have to be deep theological thinkers and lifelong Christians to hear from God. God reveals himself to anyone. What matters is where our heart is at. Are we ready to listen? Are we ready to obey? God desires to get our attention. Um, in, in experiencing God, it talks a lot and brings up the seven realities we find. Uh, seven realities of, of, of somebody's life. And it's you know God being at work and that God desires a relationship with us and God tries to get our attention. But how do we know that what we are hearing is in fact God? What if what if what, if what we are hearing is maybe just our gut? Or even worse, what if it is sin? What if what if what we're hearing isn't in fact God? I want to touch on three different ways that that we can know whether it is God or whether it is our gut or whether it is something completely uh, something completely different. And the three ways are authentication, affirmation, and the need for trust. Authentication is the idea that that when God is talking to us, how we know that God is God is the one actually trying to get our attention is that God will never contradict Scripture and he will never lead us into sin. God will never contradict himself. If the, if the voice, if what you are hearing um, is going against Scripture, then it, it can't be of God. If what you are hearing is going to lead you into elements of sin or temptation, it cannot be of God. God will never lead us into temptation or down a path that will lead to something that contradicts Scripture. When we are evaluating whether what we are hearing is God or simply our gut, we first need to learn, uh, turn to Scripture and prayer itself. God is going to authenticate it in his word. And God is going to authenticate it as we meet with him, as we enter into relationship with him. Well, discerning God's voice, we have to turn to the Bible immediately. We have to turn to prayer. If it lines up with the Bible, then it could be of God. All scripture, in, sorry, in 2 uh, Timothy 3, 16 to 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If God is speaking to you, he will allow it to be authenticated through the, uh, through the Bible. When praying through seeking authentication, sometimes it might seem overwhelming. Sometimes it might be hard to, to turn to the Bible and know exactly where, you know, where God is going to speak to you in, in this giant book. Um, 
Where do I turn in the Bible to find out whether it's true, whether God is actually speaking to me? Sometimes even the exact scenario you think you are hearing from God is not word from word for word in the Bible. God is not always it's not always going to be like clear cut word for word, you know, this is what you need to do. For example, uh, Melissa and I are recently went through the process of buying a house and we were praying and discerning you know, is this something, God, that you want us to do? It's going to be, you know, we're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices because it's, it's going to be expensive, but is this actually what you want us to do? The Bible is not going to say, Chris and Melissa, you need to buy 48 Victoria Street. There you go, I told you my address. But the, the Bible is not going to say, Chris and Melissa, you need to buy 48 Victoria Street. But what does it do is it gives us uh, different ways that we can uh, that we can learn from God. For example, the scriptures... Uh, offered me and us insights into trusting God and allowing and trusting that God will open the doors. That um, if the house is not meant to be, then God is going to close that door. Um, we also relied on the fact that what we have in today's, what we have in in life is God's and not our own. So if we do, uh, if we were blessed with the house, then we want to give it to God and not and not have it like it will live in it, but it's more God's house. And so that was one of the, the ways that we were just able to have peace and just allow the process to work itself out. Um, so the Bible didn't say word for word how, you know, how to authenticate whether it's of God, but it also gave us some of the solutions into, into, into how, to, how to go about learning. Um, in the life of Jesus, Jesus would often go and pray and, dis, and discern the will of, of his Father, speaking directly, to, speaking directly to God to determine if the voices of God, is often how we can authenticate this voice in our life. If someone is talking to you and you say, is that really you? If they truly are speaking to you, they will respond. The same goes for God. If God is trying to get your attention, he's going to allow it to be authenticated. God's response does not always come in a tangible word-for-word way, and sometimes God might speak through other people. When seeking authentication, take time to turn to the godly people in your life, there's so many times where um, I've been able to turn to people in my life that I know are, are godly examples, um, and I'm and I'm able to express something that I'm, you know, trying to decide or trying to to figure out, and I say, you know what, is this is this a good idea? Um, and these godly people are then able to either say yes or no, um, or are able to walk me through it. And I believe God puts these godly people in our life for a reason to help us authenticate that. Now we have to make sure that. We're, we're turning to the right people and people that we know um, have a relationship with God and, and have a relationship with us. Um, but God provides those people. Um, and for Samuel, what's really cool is that that person was Eli. As, as Samuel ran towards that voice, what did Eli do? He said, go back and listen. Um, it is God. It, it could be God. Um, yeah. As followers of God, we will spend our whole life trying to discern the will of God for our life, listening for his voice. If we desire to hear from God, we must intently listen for the voice of God. Hearing from God is not always easy. When life is coming at us, we cannot seem to understand what is going on. We shouldn't be afraid to ask for clarification. God wants us to ask for clarification. Um, When we ask for clarification, God is going to authenticate it. If, if, if we're ready to listen, God is going to make it clear. God is going to authenticate that. Um, yeah, we shouldn't be afraid to ask God, what did you mean by that? So that's authentication. 
The second one that we're going to touch on is affirmation. God does not speak just once. In the passage today, we see that Samuel is called three times and then a fourth time. So God, God repeatedly is trying to get Samuel's attention. We see this idea in other times in the Bible. In the life of Moses, we see constant affirmation. When Moses is being called from the burning bush, um, God does not speak just once, but calls Moses multiple times. On the flip side of this, and staying similarly along to the story of Moses, is that when Moses then goes and brings the word of God to Pharaoh, um, God gives Pharaoh ten chances to listen to God. God affirms for Pharaoh ten different times what God's will is. And every time, what does Pharaoh do? He ignores it. Um, and he fights it. But God gave Pharaoh that chance. Um, God affirmed it in Pharaoh's life. And it was Pharaoh's choice to either accept that or to fight it. Throughout the Bible, God does not simply give one call, and that's that. He will use multiple devices to get our attention, to keep our attention, and to affirm that call. Sometimes it's not as simple as multiple voices from God. Sometimes God affirms his voice through other people, as we already talked about, through multiple open or closed doors, um, through circumstances that might only be explained by the fact that they are there to point us in the direction God is calling us to. When listening for God's voice, be ready for multiple instances. It does not always mean a voice or a feeling, but can be heard through other people through scenarios. Think of the times in your own life where something has been affirmed in multiple ways. Do you think this was God? There are times we don't think it's of God, but God is still able to get our attention as he did for Samuel. Samuel didn't think it was God, but he was still able, God was still able to get Samuel's attention. And finally, the third one, the third way that we can know if the voice is God's or if it's something else is this element of trust. When determining if a voice is of God or something else, that that circumstance will require elements of faith and trust. God wants us to trust him. He gives us opportunities for faith. If the call in your life seems to be like the easy choice, a choice that you can do on your own, it might not be from God. This does not always mean that God is calling us across the world or to change it all up. But if he is calling, it is most likely going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. God is trying to nudge us. Um, and sometimes those nudges aren't the most comfortable thing in the world. Sometimes it might even feel impossible. But God is trying to give us faith, uh, give us faith, give us opportunities to trust him, give us opportunities to have faith in him. As we discern for God's voice, ask yourself, is it the easy, comfortable choice? Or is it a little bit uncomfortable? I can think of many times in my own life where God is you know, trying to nudge me in a different direction. One of those times was even to come up here. Even though I knew a lot of people up in Halliburton, it was still an uncomfortable choice. I had to give up my old job. I had to move away from my fiance. Um, I had to, you know, find a new way of life up here. Um, and so I knew it was I knew it was right, but yet it was still uncomfortable, and it required trust. It required faith. God calls us into acts of faith and trust. And again, it doesn't always mean that he's going to shake up your entire life. It doesn't always mean that he's asking you to leave your job, to move across the country, whatever that might be. What it does mean is that when we hear from God, there are always going to be elements of faith needed. 
Maybe that circumstance is to stay in your current job and then allow God to use you um, to minister and to preach the gospel and spread the gospel to those people in your work. It doesn't always have to be, um, you know, shake up your entire life, but it does require elements of faith. For Samuel, God was calling him into a life as a prophet. And it, it led to many uncomfortable acts of faith. It included the first kind of thing that God asked him to do was to tell Eli, who in many ways was one of the father figure in his life, that God is going to punish him and his family. That had to have been uncomfortable. And we even see in the scriptures that Eli was, or sorry, Samuel was kind of hesitant to even tell Eli the message from, from God. So right away, God gives Samuel this uncomfortable task to tell his, his father that there's going to be destruction on his family. That, that, that's really tough. And we see many times um, in, a, in Scripture of elements from other people that required trust and faith. For Moses, it was to go back to Egypt, where he was wanted for murder, um, and where he could have easily been arrested and killed, um, to go back to, to Pharaoh and say, let hundreds of thousands of people go. That, that's super uncomfortable. Um, he re- God required David to have faith. Um, that he had been anointed king, but then he allowed, he asked David to wait a while. Um, the same way he required Jesus to trust him, even while Jesus was on the cross. God's voice is heard through trust, through the need to let earthly desires go and rely solely on where God might be leading. If you are hearing God's voice, are you ready to trust him, even if it is uncomfortable or difficult? God often uses these circumstances to teach us that we cannot do this through our own power, but instead solely by the power of our Father who is doing the speaking. So there you go. First, we need to to determine where our heart is at. Are we ready for the call on our lives? Are we obeying God daily? Are we seeking after God through his word and prayer? Are we distancing ourselves from sin that might be blocking us from hearing God's voice? Is our heart ready? Second, do we know that it is in fact God? Has God authenticated it through his scripture, through prayer, through other people? Has God affirmed it in multiple ways, in multiple different ways? And does it require faith? If the answer is yes, then you could be hearing from God. Well, what, what's next? Well, in comes this crisis of faith. In experiencing God, one of the, I think the fifth reality is that everyone comes to this crisis of faith, this choice that we have to make to either turn and obey God or to kind of go the opposite way or to fight it and ignore it. We all have this crisis of faith, and sometimes it might even happen multiple times through multiple different scenarios. We have a choice to make when we hear God's voice. Do we jump out of bed and obey it and run to it as Samuel did? Do we question it and make excuses to try and get out of it which Moses actually did when he was when God first told him to go to Egypt. He was like, no, 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 not me. Uh, I can't talk. I'm scared. Like, send somebody else. Um, do we run the opposite way, fleeing from it, as Jonah did when he literally ran to the opposite ends of the earth um, instead of following God's call? Or do we pull a pharaoh and literally fight it, even though God is trying to get our attention a million times, and we and we fight it? Um, So we have a choice. We can either resist it, ignore it, we can run away from it, 
we can question and try and get out of it, which I think I actually, a lot of times when I think about my own life, I, I'm the one that questions things a lot. Um, when God was calling me up here, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. This, that's a, that's a big move. I, even though I knew it was, you know, God was, had some big things in store, I was like, I don't want to switch it up. Um, we question it, we try and make excuses, we try and fight it. Or we could pull a Samuel and grump out, jump out of bed, accept and run instantly to God's call in our life. God wants us to accept and run towards his voice in obedience. He wants us to listen with a servant's heart, to, go, to cultivate a community that allows us to be pure and wholesome. He wants us to rid the barriers of our life that are getting in the way of hearing directly from God. Sin and distractions take us away from being able to hear God, and this makes God appear to be rare. Instead, as we remove the sin from our lives, as we prepare our hearts for God's voice through getting rid of distractions, repenting, and working to rid our lives from sin, our hearts will then be ready for the influx of God's voice. As we receive this voice, are we ready to run towards it as Samuel did? I love the fact that Samuel ran towards the voice even before he knew it was God. Three times. Four times, actually. It is this innocence, this willingness to listen and respect God that we need to follow. What is amazing is that we already have the opportunity to know God. God is already with us as Christians through the Holy Spirit, even more so than in the Old Testament. If you are sitting here today and do not know God, there's also the fact that God is inviting you into a relationship with him. All you have to do is choose to accept that relationship and to adapt your life and obedience toward a God that loves us and wants to communicate with us today. Next time you think, nah, I don't, I don't think I can hear God's voice. Think about what may be causing those thoughts. Is there something blocking God's voice? Pray and ask God for clarification. Repent from sin. Ask for forgiveness. It is our heart thing. As we prepare our hearts, we then are able to run to and hear from God. When we hear from God, let's be like Samuel and run towards it. That is God's desire for us. How do we run towards God's voice? Obedience. Diving into the scriptures, being in relationship with God, being willing to give up barriers in our life, repenting from sins, asking God for, uh, for help. As we live every day with God, God's voice will become so much more clear. We each have a crisis of belief, a choice to make. One of the choices that we have is to choose to listen and obey God or to flee from it, argue it, uh, ignore it. Are you ready to adapt and make the necessary changes in your life so that you are obeying God's call on your life? What might God be speaking to you today? Is your heart ready to hear God's voice? Are you actively seeking out God's voice and distancing yourself from sin? Is God's call authenticated through God's word and through prayer? Is God's call affirmed multiple times? Does God's call require trust and faith? Finally, are you willing to be like Samuel and run towards that call in obedience, no matter what and no matter the consequences? God gives us the ability to hear from him constantly. It is our choice to accept it. God does speak. God desires to speak to you. Is your heart ready to hear the call? Are you ready to take action, jump out of bed, obeying God as he calls your name? That is our challenge this morning. Let's pray. God, oh, it is so great to be able to hear your voice, to have the opportunity 
every single day to humble ourselves before you and to hear your voice. And I ask, Lord, that whatever the barriers might be that are preventing us from hearing your voice, whatever it is that might be um, making your voice rare in our lives, I ask for forgiveness for that. And I ask that we can just um, humble ourselves and allow our heart to be ready to listen to your call. And I also pray that you just authenticate it, authenticate and affirm your voice in our life uh, when we seek that out, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.